0: Welcome back. We are in Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. This is the lukewarm church. 14 says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful, and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. Wow. So to the angel of the church. So to the messenger, the leader, the pastor of the church of the Laodiceans, right? Notice that it's to the church of the Laodiceans and not to the church of Laodicea. Laodicean comes from the term laity, which means people. So the people were ruling the church. The Something that must have happened with the elder board, the... The elders, the pastor, where they were just bowing to the needs, wants, demands, expectations of the people rather than guiding them and leading them appropriately. God wants us to lead others towards him and to hold fast and to push on. And that was not happening here. And Laodicea is a wealthy city. They were known for banking. They are also known for two things that will come into play here in a minute, which was a glossy black wool. Notice the color black. We'll talk about that in a minute. And a special eye ointment, also known as an eye salve. It was about six miles from the water source, so they had to pump it in through an aqueduct. And by the time it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. So think not hot, not cold, but lukewarm. Almost everybody I know, myself included, this is not everybody, but most people would prefer to either have ice cold water. You get cold water out of the fr- uh, ice box or refrigerator or cooler or you go and you make yourself a nice hot cup of uh, water maybe put lemon in it or honey or something like that but very few people drink lukewarm water some do some enjoy it um, but it's the exception and I got to tell you when I get back from a say a three mile run I don't want lukewarm water I want something that's cold and uh, we'll, we'll get to that more in a minute Laodicea also had this 30,000-seat amphitheater. That's quite a big amphitheater. Impressive, worldly. People probably idolized it. All sorts of things went on there, events. People looked forward to it, told stories about it. And now it just sits in ruins. And that just reminds me of all the stuff that we see around us in the United States today. We see big buildings. Some have our names on it. Or not my name, but other people's names on it. Those are going to go bye-bye. They're just going to be uh, dynamited, bulldozed, decay, fall apart. No one's going to remember them. And the same is true of a lot of our sports figures. If you look back to sports figures of the past, you can look at the people of today, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Oh, they seem so amazing with all their accomplishments, but one day in just a few generations no one's going to care no one's going to be able to tell you anything except for maybe one a few people will know a statistic or two on that person and they'll be completely forgotten and such is how it goes with worldly things they come and go and they perish but we can have eternal life through Christ then it says these things says the amen so amen i think of the word as just saying true you're in agreement uh, saying that something is sure and valid. That's why when you hear a pastor say amen, you say amen. It says, I agree with you. That's true. It's the word of God. It's an agreement with the word of God. Uh, or to be sure is another translation. So uh, a lot of times in prayer, I'll say amen. As the prayer is going on, someone you say, God, you're good. And I'll say amen. And that says, I agree. Absolutely. That's true. So God is, uh, this is, God's the amen. Jesus is the amen. And then it says the faithful and true witness. God is faithful. Did you know that God is faithful even when it feels like he may not be, when he may have forgotten you? When you lost that lose your job or your income goes down, or someone gets sick or dies or COVID or any of this, do you look around and say, God's not faithful? God is absolutely faithful. He just has a different plan than yours. And because he can see the end, his plan's better than yours. It's better than mine. I can't see it. Just like my plan for my kids. Is better than what they can see right now. They have a plan to go out and play on a, you know, in the street. Anytime a bowl, we've been playing kickball lately, and they run out in the street, and their plan is just run as fast as they can and get that ball. But my plan is that they look both ways, walk, and make sure they don't get hit by a car. And I can tell you that my plan is much better than their plan. So, how much more great, bad English, sorry about that, how much greater is God's plan than ours? And do we trust in that and the sovereignty? Let's look at 2 Timothy 3.12, which says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He tells us that we're going to suffer. Are you prepared for that? Because it will happen. Are we faithful to God? Are we faithful to our spouse? Are we faithful to our boss, to our employees? If we're walking with Christ, let's be faithful, as faithful as we can. And when we're not, let's repent, ask forgiveness and build from there, and be stronger because of it. It goes on in verse 14 to say, the beginning of the creation of God. So some people use this to say, oh, Jesus was a created being. He's not God. There's no such thing as the Trinity. Well, that's not true, because the Bible is very clear, even though it doesn't use the word Trinity. It is very, very clear, abundantly clear, through verse after verse in the Bible, that God is three persons and one Godhead, they're equal, but with different roles. You have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I'll give a couple of verses here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, 17, and we'll probably read 18. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and that him is Jesus. So I'll say that With his name inserted, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. So Jesus is the beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead, and in all things he may have the preeminence. So again, let Scripture interpret Scripture. Go back, figure out what, what it means by letting Scripture interpret Scripture. Verse 15, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. Verse 16, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I'll say that again. I will vomit you out of my mouth. So it says, I know your works. So he knew their works, but their self-evaluation was so different than God's evaluation. Do you ever look at yourself and evaluate yourself and think you're just great? But then God looks at whatever works you're using to prop yourself up and says, yeah, there's no Jesus motivation in that. That is absolutely useless in my currency in heaven. We need to be careful how we evaluate ourselves because God evalu- God evaluates us based on our Jesus-motivated stuff, our Jesus-motivated works. Be careful self-evaluating yourself based on worldly things. Do you potentially think of yourself as saved when you're not? Or more highly of yourself than you ought? I know a ton of people who think more highly than themselves than they ought. At times in my past and sometimes in my present, I thought more highly of myself than I ought. I will be the first to admit that. And I wish I hadn't. And if it ever pops up in the future, I pray that God convicts me and says, Stop thinking highly of yourself. You're here to serve me and glorify me. It's not about you, Mike. It's about me. So... He doesn't want us to be cold or hot. There's that lukewarm. If you're neither cold nor hot, then you're lukewarm. I, I call it sitting on a fence. Have you climbed the fence to get on the side of God? Are you on one side looking over? Or are you kind of sitting up there teetering and just saying, I'm not really sure? Because I grew up and the majority of people, probably the majority of people that I know now still, are where I used to be, lukewarm, sitting on the fence. This is what hit me at 33 this set of verses was one of the hardest hitting for me at that age when I said wow if anything I'm lu- I'm lukewarm I say I'm a Christian I go to church a couple times a year but I rarely pick up the bible I rarely pray other than something when I need help god help me get this job get me this promotion get me this client something like that fix so and so who's sick help my dad with his heart at the time whatever it was um Sitting on the fence, and I know so many people who do that they play church I, I I look back and it's easy for me I say I grew up churched, but not changed. God wants us to be changed, to be transformed, not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. If you're listening to this, please hear me. You're sitting in one of three camps, you're either an unbeliever peering over saying, what is this Bible about? What is Jesus about? Is there a God? Who's God? What does it look like? Or you're all in. You are all in for Christ. You're reading your Bible. You're praying. You're going to church. You're telling people about Jesus. You're suffering Well, when you suffer in the name of Jesus and trusting in his sovereignty, you are willing to be hated by other men because of your beliefs. You're willing for society to say you're nothing and you're wrong because you don't agree with my circumstances and my emotions, or you sit in this third camp, which is largely the people that I grew up with, where I used to sit myself and where a lot of people I know still sit, they're on that fence. They're like, yeah, I play church, go to church, maybe even, you know, maybe 52 weeks a year. I really never get into the Word, though. I don't pray much because I don't really see the benefit of it. I don't understand it. He's not answering my prayers. I'm still suffering. God wants you all in. Until you're all in, you're not going to be able to experience the peace that God offers. You're not going to be able to experience the joy that God offers because you don't have eternal life yet. You don't have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. I am imploring you. I am begging you. I am asking you. I am inviting you. If that is you, jump. Jump onto the side of Jesus. His team is ready to welcome you and invite you to come and play with us, to fight the battle that he wants us to fight. And we don't fight with weapons, but with truth, with love, with the Bible, with the Word of God, which is the, the essentially the sword of God that pierces through the heart and soul. If you've never accepted Christ... I encourage you to do that right now. If you think you may be a Christian, but you're not sure, just repeat this prayer with me. It's not a prayer that saves you. But if you mean what you say, and there's similar words or thoughts to this, then I believe you'll be saved. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. I'm sorry that I've done that. I'm sorry that I've rejected you. I'm sorry that I haven't been all in. I realize that I don't deserve heaven. I realize that Jesus came to earth, he is God. He died for my sins and was a substitute on that cross for my sins. Lord, I humble myself. I don't wanna play God, I don't wanna be idolized. I wanna worship you, Lord, as my Lord, as my master. I wanna serve you. I repent of my sin, I ask your forgiveness, full forgiveness, and Lord, I wanna be on your team. Guide me the rest of my life, and I thank you for the eternal life. If you say a prayer similar to that in your mind or in your words, and you really mean it and understand that, then I believe you're saved with eternal life. And after that, you're going to be motivated to work for the things of Christ, to tell people about Jesus. You're going to want to open the Bible. You're going to want to pray. You're going to want to go to church, not because it's a have to or get to, but because it's a want to. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Now it's time to go and make disciples, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to show people who Jesus is so that we have the right to tell them who Jesus is. I'd encourage you to share this by social media, text or email, with someone who you think could benefit from learning more about the Word of God. Have a blessed day.